Welcome to The Accelerators. Here for you are a series of tried and tested and proven real world ideas to help you create and enjoy a business and a life of choice. The Accelerators, because success loves speed. And now we come to the interview of the month. And I'm so pleased to bring you the interview I carried out with Bev James, the Managing Director of the Coaching Academy. I finally managed to catch up with Bev when she was at an event and we persuaded the maitre d' of a restaurant to let us use a table at the back of the room for the interview. As you'll hear, there are some extraneous noises, but certainly not enough to stop us hearing the great ideas Bev has to share. Let me tell you a little about her. A coaching academy delegate just three years before she took the outstanding and impressive leap to become managing director of the organisation, which has celebrated its 10th anniversary. As Bev says, from delegate to director in a thousand days. A professionally trained coach and a successful businesswoman with a proven track record in her fields, Bev believes that her success as MD of the Coaching Academy will come from having a coaching heart combined with a commercial brain. I know how powerful coaching can be, and I use this understanding, along with my commercial experience, to take the Coaching Academy forward into growth and diversification, says Bev. Bev enjoys seeing a spark of enthusiasm turn into something real by challenging clients and helping them to keep their foot on the accelerator and on the right road to success. Thousands of people have trained with the Coaching Academy, which has some of the country's most accomplished coaches on the training team and have been helped as new coaches to embody their passion by earning a living doing what they love. The Coaching Academy has already trained over 30,000 people from 52 countries and is the largest coaching school in the world. So, Let's go and hear what Bev has to say right now. Hi Bev, thanks very much indeed for agreeing to see me, particularly as you're here working today and I've come to join you to work as well. And so I wanted to ask you, firstly, how's things with you? Great Peter, and thank you for inviting me to take part in this, it's a, an absolute pleasure. So yeah, things are great and life's good. And of course you're the Managing Director of the Coaching Academy, which is what, the largest coaching business in Europe? It's actually the largest in the world. Oh, is it so, really? Uh, yeah, we're, we're the largest in the world now. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'd be interested to know, and have you share, and we can pick up some questions from there, your journey. I think you've got a journey of a thousand days, is it you call journey it? Journey of a thousand days. Well, I actually realised that a few months ago, that when I took over as MD of the Coaching Academy, and it was around November time, and I could actually remember when I'd attended the Coaching Academy as a delegate, as oh, on the right. certificate event. And so I look back on, on some of the records and it was actually a thousand days, pretty much to the day that I walked in the door as MD. So, so that was wow, it. And it's been fantastic. an incredible, incredible journey. And some people say, well, that, that seems too soon. You know, how could you possibly do that in a thousand days? But yeah, it depends what you do with your days. Of course it does. So what is it that you did with your days that took you from being a delegate on an event mm-hmm. to being the managing director of the largest coaching business in the world? Well, my first goal actually, when I attended the event, and the trainers were fabulous, they really were fantastic trainers, and on the afternoon of the second day, I went back into the room, and it was actually a stage, it was at Latimer, and there was somebody I'd met on the course, and her name was Christine. We'd become friends over the couple of days, and when I went back in, I stood on the stage, and I faced the front of the room, there was no one in there, everybody had gone to lunch. I faced the front of the room and I just started to look around the room and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to be a trainer for the coaching academy and I'm going to be standing right here. And she said, oh yeah, well, so am I, so get off the stage before the real trainer came in. (laughs) And it was funny, that it actually wasn't that long after that that I had a conversation with Jonathan Jay and the session that I ended up doing was a Sunday afternoon session 
which was where I was actually stood on the stage on the Sunday afternoon. Really? What did you talk about? So when I was doing my session, it was how to turn your passion into a profession. So I'd set up my own coaching practice really quickly. I'd used my marketing skills and basically just flew really, really quickly. So I was really delighted to have the chance to stand in front of an audience and say, look, this is how it can work. This is how you set your business up. And again, that would encourage more people to come on to the Coaching Academy as well. But of it was course. just sharing the story. That's fabulous, which is obviously one of the great ways of teaching people what to do, is to actually share your own story. Now, yes. I know we were talking the other day about a lady that had been on one of the courses and wasn't happy. Mm. And she turned from not being happy to being extremely happy and perhaps mm. proselytising for the Coaching Academy, being a real fan. Mm. And just share the gist of that. I don't need a name or any details, but I think it's a, a common problem that particularly owner drivers as we would call them mm. run into explain what happened with that well this particular lady had attended the course and this was the first morning of our two-day event and the trainers will often share their stories and you know they'll often also share how much they charge because if people are going to invest in a diploma course i think they should know how much you can earn as a coach of course and this particular lady was just upset that we were talking money that it wasn't what it was about and her background was a therapist and when the email came through to actually say that she wasn't happy I picked the phone up straight away and number one I didn't want her to be unhappy I wanted to apologize if she was offended in any way and so I said well how's business for you in your therapy business and she said well actually it's quite quiet and I've had to take a part-time job in how long have you been doing this? She said, I've been doing it for about seven years. What? So she, I didn't know that. She seven trained years. as a therapist and she was still not able to do this full time. And I said, well, let's call her Betty. And I said, Betty, that in order for anyone to be successful, whether it's a coach, it's a hypnotherapist, or whatever the profession is, or even personal trainers, it's not enough just to be good at what you do. Because as well as having a caring heart, you need to have a commercial mind. Because if you don't have a commercial mind, then you're the biggest kept secret. And I think you have a responsibility. If you can do something well, if you know you can help someone, you have a responsibility to let as many people know as possible. That's how you help people. That makes sense. And if you do that, then you'll be successful. But that is sales and marketing, unfortunately. So part of the Coaching Academy, what we do is not just train you to be a fabulous coach, but also to be able to market yourself and be comfortable with that. Makes a lot of sense. And I love that expression. You have to have a caring heart, but a commercial mind. Yes. Otherwise, you become the best kept secret. A fantastic expression, I like that. So what are some of the problems that you see that coaches, let me put in the same group here, coaches, consultants, therapists, trainers, speakers, you know, all the people within what I would call the helping industry. What are some of the problems that you see that they have to encounter in order to be successful? I think, to sum it up again, would be that how many hours do they spend learning how to be a great coach? How many hours do they spend learning to be a great therapist, personal trainer? Hundreds. So they will invest hundreds of hours on perfecting their art. So they will, if it's a coach, they will spend hundreds of hours training to be a wonderful coach. My question would be, how many hours do they spend training to market their business? How many hours do they train sales techniques? And I don't mean manipulated sales techniques, but you know, even things like rapport, like being able to tap into somebody's hotspot so that you can help them. Very often they don't spend any. And then they wonder why they don't get any clients. And is this because 
inherently your the mindset to become a coach mm. then selling is something that doesn't sit well with you quite often uh, personal trainers can be the same I've worked with a lot of personal trainers they spend thousands of pounds on their training they walk into a gym and they think I've got a personal trainer on my back somebody's gonna approach me and say excuse me could, would you be my personal trainer they wear out to lunch so you know it doesn't work like that no. you have to be good at marketing yourself indeed you do so let's go sideways from that for a moment then what would you say is the difference between being a coach as opposed to being a consultant well, a consultant is somebody that's going to have expertise in a certain environment, certain industry. Whereas a coach, you don't have to have experience or expertise in any particular area. You just need to have the right questions. So it's not up to you to have the answers. A consultant needs to have the answers. A coach needs to be somebody that has got great questions. Lovely. So if you were coaching me, and I know you're a very, very effective coach, if you were coaching me to be, let's say, more successful in my business, mm -hmm. give me an example, if you can, of some of the sort of questions that you'd ask me that would push me to be more effective, more successful, whatever it might be. And again, it depends what the business is. And I've worked with a lot of successful entrepreneurs that have been self-made. And I think the key thing is, is starting with the end in mind. It's one of the Stephen Covey um, habits, isn't it? Is start with the end in mind. So I think one of the important questions would be, where is your business going? What is your exit strategy? You know, in X amount of years, what do you plan to do with it? Do you plan to sell it? Do you plan to pass it on to someone else in the family? Mm. If you do, do they want it? Yeah. If you are going to sell it, how much for? You know, and why would it be worth that amount of money? Who might buy it? Because then if you start with the end in mind, you could look back and say, well, actually, I want to sell this business in three years' time for four million pounds. Okay, so what would our turnover need to be in order to sell it for four million? So what multiplier am I going to get and so on? Yeah, and you. then, so what would we need to be doing now to get the business turning over that sort of money if it isn't doing it already? So it's quite nice. I quite actually like to work backwards. So once we've established what the goal is and we can tangibly see what does it look like, what does it feel like, and then we can work back and work the path towards it. So it's a bit like planning a wedding. Yes. yes. So there's the wedding. Just like planning. Yeah, you, you know you've got to walk down the aisle on that yep. particular date, and you've got to organise the flowers and the chauffeur and the honeymoon yep. and everything else in between. Yes. Okay. But what about from a personal point of view? I understand the first question. If it was, this was to me as an individual, it would be, okay, Peter, what are your goals? Where do you want to be in the future? Yeah. And let's say we've established that, and I say, well, I want to be doing, being, having this sort of stuff in the future. What would be some of the other questions you might ask me? I think it's also linking when I'm coaching someone is once they have established what they want, so say it's under the do, the be and the have, mm. and quite often under those do, be and haves, it might be something material, mm -hmm. it might be to do with improving a relationship with yep. someone, and then you link it back to the behaviours. So if somebody wants a particular thing, let's say it is to be successful in business, yeah. or they want to go to a networking event, or whatever it is, mm. What behaviours would they have to exhibit on a daily basis in order to get the results they want? And you do that with questions? Yes. Okay. So it's how would you be acting? You know, a lot of people procrastinate. And they say, I don't want to procrastinate. Well, what would you want to do instead? You know, I want to be a person of action. Um, I want to get up in the morning at six o'clock. So it's tying it back to tiny things. So it's a chunk down process. It's a chunk down because people often talk about what they don't want. So a question would be, okay, what would you want instead? And then link into 
behaviours is really, really key, especially with people that want success in business, because it may be that I was speaking to some business owners fairly recently, and they'd actually been successful in business, then they'd actually had some failures, but they'd stopped doing what made them successful in the first place. Isn't that classic? They'd started playing golf, they'd bought the boy toys, and all the things that had made the business successful, they stopped doing, and then they wonder why they're not successful anymore. So what were you doing when it was successful? Yeah. What time did you arrive for work? What was your thought process? So it's simple, not necessarily easy, mm. but like most good things in life, it's a relatively simple process. It's yes. asking the right question. But I suppose the skill bit is to have the knowledge of knowing which are the right questions at the right time. For the right person. For the right person. Yeah. Okay, because fantastic. sometimes people say, can I just have a list of questions? Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. No. It's the right time for the right person. Understand. Okay. Yeah. So let's take it in a different direction for a moment. Let's think about marketing. Mm. The Coaching Academy historically and now under your control has been a very, very successful marketing business. It's, yes. it's known in the industry as a, an ace marketer. Yeah. Have you got two or three key ideas that you'd be happy to share to say, look, when you're considering marketing your business, whether you're a coach or consultant or any sort of business, mm. not just coach consultant, anything that you've learned that you'd say, you know, when you're thinking about your marketing, consider this. I think one of the key things, and I'm going to get on my soapbox now because it really, really is a, a subject that I could probably talk for an hour on, but, but I won't, it'll be two minutes, is one of the biggest mistakes, again, coaches make, or personal trainers, is the website they have a brochure website so they take their brochure they give it to their web designer and say can you make me a website please or maybe it will be they'll ask their neighbor's 10 year old son you know because when it comes to website the questions are often how can I get one for low cost or no cost who can do it for free people are then try and link up where they can get free business cards and you know it's free because it's got the company's name on the back so you know if you can't even invest in your business card why should I invest in you your website is your shop window. So people are either going to nip on and they're going to walk off. We need them to get through the door. So it needs to look right. It needs to have the right kind of pictures and colours for your target market. It needs to be attracting a certain niche, so an area of speciality. And it needs to capture data. It needs to capture data and it needs to capture data. That's yeah. the one thing that the website is there for. When people come onto your website, they should be able to sign up for something a newsletter, some tips, um, you know, your top 10 tips for getting the career of your dreams. Then you can start having a relationship with people. You can start sending them via autoresponders. And all these things sound complicated, but they're very, very simple. And this, for coaches as well, would be a far easier way, a more relational way, for them to start marketing their business. And the same for any business, I suppose. The same for any business. Yeah, if we're widening that idea and say, mm. well, that's for coaches, but you put the same idea same questions to somebody who had any sort of business. Yeah, yeah. No point spending all that money in learning to do what you do mm. unless you're going to prepare to invest to market yourself back yes. to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about the years that you've been in business, what are some of the key things that you failed at? Has there been one particular failure you've had and you went, I learned so much from that and this is what I learned? I'm um, going back many many years now at the time that I had beauty salons yeah. and I didn't work in I'm not trained as a therapist it just seemed a nice way to get discounted treatments myself yeah. and at one point it was franchising them it was then putting the beauty salons into different businesses so into Sun Life and the places where people could have treatments at work oh, really? they were on industrial estates so nobody could go anywhere and to start with and that was in the you know gosh we're going back maybe 20 odd years and I think then the learning was 
that you have to have the right people. So it was okay knowing that it worked well in one place, but the model had to be absolutely solid so that you could actually take it out and put it elsewhere. And there was a lot of trust when somebody was actually going to a new business. So I think that really started me on my journey, probably a bit longer than that ago actually, to make sure that you get the right people. Because if you get the wrong people, you get the wrong results. If you get the right people, you've got far more chance of getting the right results. And I speak to friends that have got staff and you know you hear them complaining about their staff. They think, well, have you got the wrong people? And they say, yes. Are you getting the results you want in the business? And they say, no. Well, change the people. It's true. So you either need to, I've always worked on the basis of the three R's. So you can either re-motivate, retrain, or replace. Because if people were the right people once, maybe the reason they're demotivated is because of their boss, which may be you. Yep. So it's quite easy to blame someone, but I think first of all you point the finger at yourself and think, okay, how am I managing this person? Am I getting the best out of them? Yeah, I would say that the biggest, the number one thing is is people. Like, and if you've got the wrong people and you decided that the third R was the only choice mm. and you had to replace them, how do you? Or how have you gone about to still go about getting the right people? How do you know that they're the right people? What's, what are the criteria that you use? Well, the criteria that I use, and this is something, again, I'm really, really passionate about, is getting the right people. And I think a lot of employers go on their gut instinct. Well, that's fine, but how many times have you got that wrong? So I'm also a master trainer for DISC personality profiles. Oh, right. So one of the key things that I do, and again, we've done this all in the coaching academy with my profile, the team's DISC profile, and it takes seven minutes to complete a profile. Is that all? Seven minutes. And you basically then know out of the four key traits, so DISC stands for the D is dominance, the I influence, the S steadiness, and the C compliance. And it was Dr. William Marston that invented the disc system many years ago and he also invented the polygraph machine so there's a lot he knows about human emotion sure so if you want a salesperson and again quite recently we've been looking at our, our team at the coaching academy there is a specific type of profile which is far more likely to deliver the right results for you gotcha and also because they are happy in that environment of course so salespeople you want someone that is goal focused yep and you want somebody that's also be able to build relationships. And so again, we've done masses of studies on this, um, thousands of people across Europe, and there is a particular type of profile. So at the Coaching Academy, we've got square pegs and square holes, round pegs and round, everybody is in the right place. So they're happy in their jobs because they're in the right job. Like it, and you found that that's worked for many years? For many years, and also with the profile, it shows you how people will react under pressure. And we've had somebody recently only on a short-term contract actually and I knew from the middle graph that she wouldn't react well to pressure and again I always trust it because it's proved itself time and time again. Okay let's go in a different tack again if you had to teach somebody Bev one skill I'm sorry to make it only one thing which you knew would help them to be more successful regardless of their definition of success what would it be? Easy would be sales. Would it? And again, it's a shame that there isn't another word for it because I think when people often hear the word sell, they think of second-hand car salesmen or you know, being pushy. But to sell relationally, to be able to... Basically, when you're communicating with people, if you're passionate about something, passion persuades as well. So it's been able to get their message across in a way that excites other people. And my niece, who 
you know, I've obviously been very close to my niece for a number of years, and and even at, at 24, you know, she's had her third apartment. She drives a Range Rover sports car. She's got her own business. She's been not given a penny financially, but from a very young age, she has been taught how to sell, and she's a fabulous salesperson. Fantastic. But again, in a nice relational way, she'll ask very often with Senate. It's just asking for the business. It's having the guts, isn't it, yeah. to say, would you like to try it? Yeah. Shall we go ahead or something really that I simple? I asked the question, which is apparently why Casanova was so successful. Uh, so they say, absolutely right. I, love, the question. I yeah. love it. Excellent. <laughs> well, look, Bev, as we're coming towards the end of this, hopefully what might be the first session, we'll have some more sessions. Let me ask you my usual ending question. If there was one piece of advice you could give anyone, and it wasn't something we've already talked about, but again, you know it would really make a key difference to them and their lives. What would it be? I think the one key piece of advice would definitely be something that I know that's helped me every step of the way is to get a mentor, to find someone that you aspire to be like, to find someone that's doing what you already do and doing it really, really well. And I know you said one thing, but I can't, I must add another one. And the second thing would be once you have got your mentor, Stay close, but don't put a price tag on everything you do. Be prepared to do some things for free. And I've done lots of things for free over the years, and it's paid back tenfold. So don't expect always to be paid for something. Take it on board as this is going to be a learning activity. Bev James, what can I say? Managing Director of the Coaching Academy, the largest coaching business in the world. Thank you for sparing this time. It's been a real pleasure, Bev.